when he's coming back. Only his father does. And, but he's content with that. He's got peace with that. And so I, it makes me think of the people that try to always predict when the second coming is going to be. It's something that we're really not supposed to be doing, right? I mean, if Jesus is content not knowing, and he's the one that's coming back, well, we should be content too. But he continues and he says, Be on guard. Keep awake. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore stay awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come. In the evening or at midnight. Or when the rooster crows or in the morning. Lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all. Stay awake. Now I want to take what Jesus says here and take it to another letter. Um, But this is the letter of Paul. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 16. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. When we put these two things together, here's here's the bottom line that we get. We are either asleep in the world or we are awake in Jesus. We're either asleep in the world or we are awake in Jesus. Now, of course, we're not talking about literal sleep. This is a figurative sleep. There are many Christians in the world today that are asleep in the world. The world for them is comfortable. And so they've kind of gotten sleepy. They've gotten cozy with sin, which leads uh, to bigger sins and bigger sins. And there are some Christians that have fallen so asleep in the world that they're doing things that are destroying families, and marriages, and really themselves. But Jesus tells us to be awake. And not like awake, awake, but awake in him. In other words, living for him. He talks about when he comes back. And he shares this story with us. It's kind of a parable He talks about a man going on a journey and leaving home and putting his servants in charge. And what is that man going to find those servants doing when he comes back? Well, what is God going to find us doing when he comes back? When Jesus returns, what will he find you doing? Will you be asleep in the world? 
Will you be living in sin? Will you be making choices that Paul warns against? What I think is interesting is the way he says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Folks, we need to be wise. We are living in an evil world where if we fall asleep in it, it will destroy us. So the question is, as I was looking at this, is okay. Jesus wants us to stay awake. Paul tells us to wake up, O sleeper. But how do we do that? How do we stay awake in Jesus? And so I got to thinking about um, where I struggle the most, literally staying awake. And um, it's when I'm driving, especially at night. I struggle to stay awake. And so I've come up with a few things that have helped me uh, stay awake that I think we can take and apply it to our spiritual life. So here's the first thing. Um, when I need to stay awake, I drink coffee. Ideally, Starbucks Frappuccinos. Because those things will keep me awake, right? It's a, it's a stimulant. It keeps me energized. It keeps me focused. Well, I believe that's God's word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Now that's going to keep you awake, right? Let me tell you a quick story. Friday, we moved Kaylee uh, into her apartment in Rochester. And of course, I woke up sad and uh, really not ready for the day. But I did my devotions. I went to our daily bread. I copied it off here. Um, and this is what God had me read. Matthew 23, 12. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. And then this was the story that came with it. Recently, I was among the last in line to board a large passenger jet with unassigned seating. I located a middle seat beside the wing, but the only spot for my bag was the overhead compartment by the very last row. This meant that I had to wait for everyone to leave before I could go back and retrieve it. I laughed as I settled into my seat, and a thought occurred to me that seemed to be from the Lord. It really won't hurt you to wait. It will actually do you good. So I resolved to enjoy the extra time, helping other passengers lower their luggage after we landed and assisting a flight attendant with cleaning. By the time I was able to retrieve my bag, I laughed again when someone thought I worked for the airline. That day's experience made me ponder Jesus' words to his disciples. Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. I waited because I had to. But in Jesus' upside-down kingdom, there's a place of honor for those who voluntarily set themselves aside to attend to others' needs. Jesus came into our hurried, me-first world not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We serve him best by serving others. The lower we bend, the closer we are to him. Now you think, well, that was just a coincidence, Pastor Chris. No, it's not. It happens all the time. God knows what we need. And whenever we read his word, he uses it 
in a mighty way. I needed to have that scripture because I needed to humble myself and be excited for my daughter and her move and her new job and her new apartment instead of being bummed out that she was leaving. And so God gave me that scripture and helped me um, that day. Because that's what God's word does. It stimulates us. It keeps us from falling asleep in the world. And here's the second thing that you can do. This is what I do. Actually, um, <clears throat> I did this embarrassingly. Sing. Um, as you can tell, I don't sing very well right now, but I don't sing very well anyways. But um, when I get tired, I sing to stay awake. And I don't sing normal stuff. I'll be honest with you. I need to confess. I put on Journey's Greatest Hits, and I sing falsetto. Um, I'll never forget the time I was riding with a bunch of pastors. This was fun. We were on our way to Chicago, and it was about two in the morning, and, and we were going, we were traveling in a group, and uh, so I called ahead to one of the vans and said, hey, you know, when are we stopping at the hotel? And they said, oh, we're not stopping. We're driving straight through to Chicago. I'm like, what? That's like five hours from now. I'm like, all right. So I turned to my friend and said, we got to keep driving. So we took the Journey CD, popped it in, and man, we sang Don't Stop Believing to all the way to Illinois. And what's great about it was we thought we were having fun, except for the pastors that we had to ride with us. They were not happy. And um, I think they actually bolted from the van once we parked. But um, that's what I do to keep awake. And folks, in order for us to stay awake in this world, to stay awake in Christ, we need to worship God on a regular basis. First Chronicles chapter 16, 23-24 says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all the peoples. My wife is excellent at this. So much so it, it kind of drives her daughters and myself crazy sometimes because she's always worshiping God. You know, um, no matter what bad things happen, she, she's finding a good thing that God is doing through it. You know what I'm saying? And, but that's what we're supposed to be doing is praising God all the time. Because when you stop praising God, that's when you start getting sleepy in the world. And that's when you start, start forgetting all that he has done and is, is doing in your life. That's when you can fall asleep. So keep worshiping. And here's the third thing. Talking. Talking. Um, this is a big one for my wife, actually. We were coming home last night, in fact, from Rochester. And um, she was getting sleepy, and I'm sick. So she had Emily talk with her. So her and Emily were talking, because that's what my wife does. She talks to people to, to, to stay awake. And I was thinking, how important is that for us? And we've talked about community. Hebrews chapter 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day, which is the second coming, approaching. Folks, you need to be in community. You need to be in relationships with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Because if you don't, if you isolate yourself, or if you spend time with people who don't know Jesus, they will lull you to sleep. And you will begin to do things that God doesn't want you to do. Now, these may sound familiar, right? You're thinking, wait a minute, worship, community. This sounds like stuff you said before, Pastor Chris. And you know what? It is. 
because it works. It's biblical. It's the truth. It's the truth. Too many Christians are not going to be ready when Jesus comes back. And that's my question for you tonight. To imagine, actually, that's my um, request. I want you to imagine for a moment. Jesus comes back tomorrow. What will he find you doing? Will he find you living your life in a way that he wants you to live it? Or will he find you on a computer surfing to get in trouble? Will he find you on a computer being mean to people on social media? Will he find you fighting with your wife or your kids? Will he find you cheating? Or will he find you worshiping him, reading his word, doing his will? And then let's imagine ourselves as a church. If God was to come back tomorrow, if Jesus was to have the second coming tomorrow, what would he find the Oak Ridge Free Methodist Church doing? Finding amongst ourselves about things that don't matter or worshiping God and loving each other?